are still making our way through the NBA draft profiles for each team, and we have come to number 10, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, all signs point to them probably trading this pick, so we're going to talk about what teams they could trade with, but we're also going to talk about kind of the best prospects if, for some reason, they choose to hang on to the pick. So we'll get into all that and more right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central. I'm one of the hosts here, Hayes, holding it down for the squad. Today, you can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow the show at NBA Central Show at Gmail. I'm sorry, at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. NBA Central shows the email. That's at gmail.com. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and get into it. So we're all, we've made our way to pick number 10 with the Dallas Mavericks. And so with that said, the Dallas Mavericks sit in a position where they they lost the last game of the season to the Chicago Bulls to try to uh, hold on to this pick. They got lucky. They, they were able to hold on to it. And so now they sit in a position where they may look to either trade the pick, which is the most likely scenario by everything, every rumor and everything that's coming out there. It seems like the most likely scenario is that they're going to be trading this pick. Um, or, you know, do they do they do a does a prospect drop there to where they consider keeping it? I don't really see that kind of you know, being the realistic aspect of it. But the last kind of news that we got on this was an article from Dalton Trigg um, on June 6th, and he said that the Mavs will almost certainly trade the, the number 10 pick, and they prefer to keep Josh Green and Jaden Hardy in any type of trade talk. So that 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 makes sense when you look at, like, how Jaden Hardy, uh, you know, the flashes that he's shown, uh, how he could develop, things like that. I like Jaden Hardy. also like his ability because he's not a player that has to have the ball in his hands a lot. And when you're playing with Luca, the better you can play off ball, the better overall. So I like that. I like, you know, it makes sense that they want to keep Josh Green and they want to keep Jaden Hardy if they can, right? So ultimately, you're looking at them trying to move some pieces. Um, you know, there's been talk of now Kyrie even trying to recruit James, uh, LeBron James there, which is weird. But, you know, if you can keep Kyrie Irving, convince him to stay there as well. You know, even though, like, I look at Kyrie, even if he does agree to stay, you're still probably looking at about a, a season or two before he asks for another trade. Uh, I'm not the biggest Kyrie guy. But when you look at now what the Mavs are trying to get to and some potential maybe trade partners for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, there was a rumored deal that I'm going to talk about, which it would have been the Mavs sending the number 10 overall pick and like JaVale McGee and Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Phoenix Suns for DeAndre Ayton. Um, we've heard, like, you hear back and forth things. They could keep Aiton. They could look to move Aiton. They're really kind of exploring all those options down there in Phoenix. But maybe the Phoenix Suns become a trade partner with the Dallas Mavericks. Could give the Mavericks a talent. You know, I know not everyone's as high on Aiton. I kind of share that sentiment, but maybe there. There's some uh, talk for, you know, the, uh, the, with, with Atlanta maybe as well. Kind of same framework of the deal. Tim Hardaway Jr., JaVale McGee really being the, kind of the pieces there. And that that in a move for Clint Capella, I don't necessarily see that. That was uh, this is from an article from who wrote this article. This is from Jed Pogdawan, uh, and he writes for Clutch Points. Uh, so again, Clutch Points is kind of up and down. And then lastly, the Dallas Mavericks sending again Tim Hardaway Jr. and Javale McGee um, off somewhere else as well. Um, this time it's for Miles Turner and the tenth uh, and the tenth pick for Miles Turner. Now, that is an interesting prospect because while the Indiana Pacers have a lot of good talent down there, they got Ben Matherin, they got um, Halliburton down there. You know, uh, Miles Turner, while not old by any stretch of the imagination, they could look to maybe move on uh, from that contract, not pay a whole lot of money, get a little bit younger. I like the prospect of Miles Turner 
being on the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Mavericks fan, so I don't know how like the Ma- Mavericks fan base will feel about that overall. But those are kind of some of the things that you're looking for if the Mavericks do decide to move on from that number 10 pick. Now, some people could say, hey, the Dallas Mavericks could potentially get even more back uh, than that, than, than what, you know, that rumor deal that I've talked about. But, you know, just in surveying the land, while there's going to be some, the, some real good talent and some talent with some, some nice upside as well at number 10, I don't know if there are going to be a lot of teams, quote unquote, unless they're trying to dump salary, that are looking to just make a huge move for the number 10 overall pick to where they're blowing up a lot of their team. But, you know, you, you just never know what's going to happen in this type of environment, in this NBA, where you have a lot of teams w- that look at the parity around the NBA and make that think that they can, you know, they, they're a move away, right? Or they're they're a, a, a slight rebuild away where they w- want to get younger. So the Mavericks are in an interesting position to kind of take advantage of that if they choose to. They have some salaries that they can use to definitely match almost any level of salary across the NBA as well. It just really depends on how they value the talent of the number 10 and how the team that they trade with values the number 10 pick for what they're able to get off, uh, get back from it, and what ultimately the Mavs, how how quickly they think they can really become a contender or, or put the best team on the floor with what they can get with the number 10 overall pick. But all right, enough of that kind of conversation, right? I just wanted to do that because the Mavs, much like the Trailblazers, are a team that you kind of expect to move on from that pick. But let's talk about some of the best talent that could be available at the number 10 overall pick. And first one up is a player that I have not covered a lot yet on this show, and that's Derek Lively, a 7'1", 230-pound center uh, out of Duke. This guy has the length, the size, and the athleticism to move around the paint at a high level, right? He has a high block rate per the minutes that he plays. He runs the break well, can be used out in transition a, a lot of way, in, a, in a lot of ways there. He's mobile enough to switch out on the interior in some. And, you know, so you you, you want to look at that. Now, also, some of the things with him, pick and roll, solid, uh, and especially drop coverage, which is a thing that some centers uh, struggle with in the NBA. He has enough athleticism to make up for drop coverage. Um, he gets in great posi- position as an offensive rebounder, and he finds a, he, he knows how to get putbacks, right? But he's not a guy who's shot a lot uh, as far as a high percentage. Um, 5.2 points per game his freshman career, 50, uh, 15% from three, 60% as a free throw shooter. So, you know, that that's some things you want to tighten up there. Doesn't have the gre- the greatest lateral quickness, but shows enough where you can switch on some screens on the perimeter for a little while. You just don't kind of want to leave him to stay out with those guys for a long point in time. He didn't show a lot uh, as a, like a post-up score or a pick-and-pop option either. Um, so, you, you may, and there's enough to say there that maybe he can turn into that a little bit, right? Um, needs to put on some muscle for sure, as most players in the NBA draft do. And 2.7 fouls in 20 minutes per game. That's a bit concerning there. So, you know, big men in the NBA, especially young big men, have a trouble with staying on the floor. Um, so that's something that you want to look at. Low free throw rate, is, is uh, especially even though he hits that at a 60% clip, low, low uh, free throw rate doesn't really take advantage when he's mismatched with younger players yet. But that may just point towards his confidence um, in his offensive game and how that needs to grow as well. But Derek Lively could be, could be a nice one there at number 10. Another one, though, Taylor Hendricks. Now, this is a guy, 6'9", 215 pounds. He may be off the board before number 10, but there's absolutely enough reason to think he may slide to that as well. Has a good combination of size um, and athleticism as well. More, Way more versatile offensively than like a Derek Lively. Um, he, it, it, you know, solid production from him, 15 points per game on 48% field goal shooting. So solid enough there. He finishes around the rim good through contact. A uh, 52% overall field goal percentage inside the arc as well. And, you know, he's a face-up player, but not a not a not a, 
a post player. You don't really expect for him to do a lot of back-to-the-basket type things as well. He's not really the best when it comes to um, to, to passing the ball either. He He's unselfish, right? He can pass the ball okay, but you want to look at his assistance turnover ratio is okay, right? It's, but especially as you know, a, a point forward, if that's how you end up using him, I don't know if he necessarily has the skill set for that, but he can do some passing as well and needs to work on his release point of his shot. He has a high release point. That needs to come down a little bit, but has good hands, active player as well. He competes. He hustles, right? So you don't have to worry about that. Um, he gets points off the offensive glass on top of that, and he gets he averages about two and a half um, offensive rebounds per game, which is solid. You need to work on that a little bit, but solid. He's still he's another player that's going to have to add some muscle at the next level, of course. Uh, if he's going to learn how to play in the low post, especially he's going to have to learn that, and he's going to have to learn how to establish his position in the post, which still may point to confidence more than anything, and you want to look at that. He was seen as a combo forward early on, but you can absolutely see that he can play some small ball center as well if that frame works out. I like Taylor Hendricks down here, especially if the Mavs do hold on to the pick. Now, lastly, last prospect we're going to cover here is Jordan Hawkins. This is a 6'5", shooting guard, 195 pounds, slender. He, he, he knows how to use his length well. Um, great jump shot. Let's, let's be clear here. That jump shot is fucking beautiful, right? And, and, and it's, it's the exact way you want to look for it. 38% on three-point uh, field goal percentage on taking seven three-pointers per game. That's that's really solid efficiently, right? He knows how to play off the ball, which, again, is something that you want to look at for anybody you potentially want to pair with. Luka Doncic is being able to play off the ball. He doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot, right? And he's not the best facilitator anyway, right? Consistent shooting motion, so you know that shot is going to be legit for him. Can hit shots at a high rate, and if he gets uh, if he gets hot, he's gonna he's gonna play really good. And so there may be some question about redundancy between him and Jaden Ivy. I'm sorry, Jaden Hardy as well. But again, I really like the talent overall here. And you got to kind of look at that and think you got to go talent, right? You got to go talent level. I would think. Um, but at number ten, I can look at a number of players that you can get way worse production out of than him. And I and I really like uh, his potential there. Uh, and, you know, he could play with maybe Jaden Hardy a little bit, too, if you go small ball and you play out, get out in transition and stuff like that. So you want to you want to look at that. I like Jordan Hawkins. Like, like I said, gets hot. And when he gets hot, it's hard to stop him. He, he has a nice pull up mid range shot as well. Uh, again, won't be a facilitator. Only one point three assists per game uh, last season. Um, but he's starting to find a little bit a uh, way to help to, to pass a little bit better. But again, he's an active defender, not necessarily shut down defender by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely an active defender. He's not the most efficient scorer as well. 40% from field goal percentage as a sophomore, uh, 39% overall for his career. Doesn't get to the rim a whole lot, which I don't know if you, you may look at that as a positive or negative, depending on the the, the roster construction of a team that, that drafts him. Ball handling, uh, he's okay. But again, he's better when he's playing off the ball, coming off screens, coming off things like that. Doesn't pass too much. Um, he's, he's really right-hand dependent. Can't go left, so look out for that. And he's not a hugely tough player and some of that toughness if you if you need that on your team and looking for that at the next level he doesn't necessarily have that he's also very foul foul prone for a guard 2.3 fouls per game last season which doesn't seem like a lot but that's that's quite a bit for a guard so you want to look at that especially you know he's going to come in at a, as a size disadvantage at the next level guarding NBA wing so that may be a little bit cause for concern there as well but overall I like Jordan Hawkins um, a lot, especially for the level that he's picked at. Again, if you pick him above the top 10, you're doing too much there. Ideally, he may even fall between like the 12 to 16 range.
But depending on what happens, who picks there, who trades with the Dallas Mavericks, Jordan Hawkins could be a target there. But let me know what you guys think on that. Let me know what you think about the trade potential for the Dallas Mavericks. Who's the perfect trade partner in your opinion? What do you think about the prospects? Let me know all that down below. But thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show at NBA Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, NBA Central Show at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything NBA related. And we'll see you guys the next time I feel like making a video. Probably tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Breaks Breaks. Breaks.